Welcome to the Interesting People Podcast. Patrick Haynes here with Roger Riggle, the president and lead artist of Roger Riggle Makeup LLC. How's it going, Roger? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you very much. All righty. So we met at New Spire Arts. You were teaching a stage makeup class. How long have you been involved in makeup? I've been a professional makeup artist for 32 years. So with stage makeup, is that just stage or do you guys do also film? Like how wide yes. does this go? Uh, well, I have a rather interesting background, I guess, in that most people in this Washington, D.C. area who are makeup artists, and many of them are my friends, do mainly news and television and video training films and things like that, which are quite prominent in this area. And, you know, we have 24-hour news and, and all that other stuff. There's quite a bit of work in that field, but a lot of them don't particularly do theater or opera or special effects makeup. Um, some of them do, but most people just work in the medium where you're making people look good and look normal. Do you guys consult stage makeup or do you actually do the stage makeup for uh, productions? Mostly consult. Most of what I do in the theatrical realm is to usually period research because plays evolve in a certain time period. So, and that also changes or dictates the makeup. The shape of the eyebrow and the lips and the colors in the 20s are different than in the 50s and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, some shows take place in medieval times or Elizabethan times, and then that gets even more ornate and extravagant. And I can cut and style wigs. I order wigs. And I do facial hair, whether it's laying it on by hand, which is really quite an art in itself. But mostly for theater, we use lace back pieces where the human hair is actually woven into lace, much like a hook rug. And they can be used over and over again. They can be applied and take off. And usually I do workshops or teach and train makeup crews how to do this because one artist really can't sustain a full show sometimes. They do that on Broadway and stuff like that. But around here... Let's say a show runs two weekends or six months. They really can't commit to an artist who pay that amount of money to have it done. So you teach either the actors or a crew to do it themselves. With researching styles, what about like period pieces that are moved to a different time? It depends on the director's concept. It's the director who has a concept. Once I saw a production of Hamlet that was set in World War One. It worked very, very well, but of course you're not going to design it like you would if it was done before medieval time. You'd have to do research on World War One, what the hairstyles were like, what the facial hair was like on the men, how were the women's hair, and the clothing. You know, the clothing has to dictate the time period. Do you enjoy the research? There are lots of reference books in makeup. I guess one of the kind of what I call the Bible of makeup in a way is there was a research artist. His name was Corson. Corson's makeup books are excellent, and I think maybe the 11th edition is out. But like in the back, you might have 15 or 20 pages of hairstyles through the ages. So you can just flip through and see a hairstyle and choose a wig or buy a wig and style it like it's supposed to look. The research is extremely interesting to see what they did in those days. And, you know, even in Queen Elizabeth the first day, they were just really experimenting with makeup and they didn't know anything about safety and toxins. And, you know, Queen Elizabeth reigned a long time. I think she died at 85. And reportedly, she had an inch of makeup on her face. She never washed it off. And she wanted that smooth porcelain look. So she just caked it on and caked it on and caked it on. And the basis of it was white eggshells and zinc. 
The white eggshells won't hurt you, but continuous use of zinc is not the safest thing in the world. You have a degree in drama from Catholic University. How did you get into the makeup aspect of that? Was it being in productions that got you interested, or was part of your degree doing makeup in general? Not the second. I never, ever thought about being a makeup artist. I went to school to study drama, and I was on the stage, and I grew up as a dancer. I started dancing when I was six years old. Like musical theater was my kind of thing, but at Catholic, we also had to study all the classic theaters. Started from the Greeks and went all the way up to contemporary drama. So we do not only straight plays and farces and comedies, but also musical theater. I was, I guess because I'm tall and thin and I was a dancer, I always got the funny part either like the Shakespearean clown type of roles or the fools, or in more contemporary shows, I would be the 90-year-old lost-his-mind guy who was funny in the farces. And so I was having to do a lot of old-age makeup and facial hair. I played two different old guys on tour for a year. Catholic has the oldest classical touring company in the nation. So we toured for nine months the U.S. and Canada. And so I was always having to come up with, how do I look like I think I'm supposed to look? And so I always had my hands in makeup. But then it wasn't until I finished tour. I took a job in a theatrical supply house in 85. I was kind of at the front counter with one line of makeup, the old Stein's greasy clown makeup. And to make a long story short, 10 years later, I was head of the makeup department. I had grown it to seven different lines. I had gotten my license to be a professional makeup artist. I had gone to school for that. And so I just became Mr. Makeup of that establishment. And that's how it started. I got hired for Halloween one year at a lighting supply house. Oh, really? Well, it was a theatrical lighting supply, and they did fog machines, and they rented lights, and they needed help with makeup, and they had a bunch of costumes at Halloween. It got to be huge. Before I left there, I mean, for years, people would line up around the block to get in the door. It would start early, like mid-September, and just be a nut place until Halloween was over. So is that how you've kept with Halloween? I've, I've seen on your site you have a lot of, like, you're really good at the grotesque looking, like uh, making people look like they're hurt or they're zombies or they're monsters. Is that how you started with that and have kept with that? Well, that helped a lot. And then I actually went on to some very interesting work with the Secret Service and United States Uniformed Health Services. And they all save lives. So from there, I went into studying actual wounds and coming up with ways to recreate them so that doctors and nurses can, number one, identify them properly, then treat them properly, and then transport the patient to a more advanced healthcare. I didn't even know that was a thing. So you recreate for like medical learning and medical students. Exactly. And then your secret service, most people don't know this, your secret service agents are not specifically trained in any one thing. They have to know everything. They're sharpshooters. They are EMS people. They are professional stunt drivers. You know, they guard all the important people here who either visit here or are here in embassies and hotels. They don't specify what they do. They have to learn everything. So a part of their training is identifying wounds and saving those who are wounded. Man, you'd never have imagined that's a makeup thing. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And then it's also very, very big. They have huge training events in 
in the military services. I know USUHS used to have four a year called moulage training. Moulage is a French term for molding wax, which used to be an older technique, and we still use it. You create wounds out of molding wax that are applied to the body. And these moulage teams that I trained would make up about 200 people, and they set them in fields. And the doctors and nurses are parachuted from airplanes. And they have to find the patient, identify the wound, treat them on the spot, and triage, which is to take them to a facility where they can get advanced health care. And the doctors and nurses are on 36-hour shifts, so they evaluate them as to how long they can hold up. Leaning from those wounds to creating accurate wounds, you also do a variety of uh, monster makeup, zombies. Uh, You're attached to Field of Screams, right? Yes. I got hired as head of the makeup department at Field of Screams about seven years ago. What's it like dreaming up a zombie? <laughs> like, What's it like creating a zombie? Well, I guess the first thing you do is want to color the skin so it looks like dead skin. We do zombies in a cyanotic blue. A cyanotic state of the skin is when you're in shock or you stop breathing. You turn grayish, blue-gray. Because the blood doesn't get any oxygen, so it turns blue. Oxygenated blood is red, and that's why your veins are blue, because they're returning to the heart for air. So you got to pick the right skin tone. And then zombies are dead people who are coming up out of the grave to try and keep living. So half of their flesh is decayed away, and their eyes are all sunken and bruised or disappearing. And traditionally, zombies eat people. Yeah. Stay alive. So they got to have blood. uh, We do a lot of skeletal-type teeth with the blood around it so that the flesh has dissolved away, and you see kind of skull teeth that eat people. (laughs) So when you do a zombie, do you guys have like a set zombie idea, or do you look at someone's face and go like, oh, they'd be good for this kind of zombie, or oof, we should really highlight that person's teeth or something like that? I think when you start out as an artist, you kind of need to learn the basics of doing a zombie. And then I also think that as you get more proficient, you look at someone's face and go... And get an idea and go, oh, I could do that. That would look cool. You know, every person's individual. And when you can give that person a little bit of an individual type of look with their facial features, I think that's helpful. And you also do airbrushing? Yes, I'm pretty much of an airbrush expert. I've been doing that too many years. I've done a lot of airbrushing, natural makeup for television, which that came in kind of heavy when TV went to high definition because everything shows in high definition. So when you spray on a foundation, it's pretty flawless. And then I did a lot of full body painting at fashion shows or special event occasions. And then we expedite. See, at Field of Screams, I implemented the airbrush there because it expedites the makeup. We have to make up about 100 people in three hours. Whoa. Yeah, every day. It's kind of like an actor can come in and go straight to special effects and get the prosthetics or the wounds or whatever that they need. And then they can switch quickly and go over to airbrush and have the skin color, the neck, and the arms and the hands done. Because we do everything that shows. Every piece of skin that shows has to be the same color as the person or it looks stupid. So the airbrush expedites that application. And at Field of Screams, we've been using vinyl acrylic. So the prosthetics made out of vinyl acrylic in a mold, they're pretty much see-through you spray them with 99% alcohol on it, melts the back of them, and you 
slap it on and it becomes almost invisible. You can see the skin through it. I just want to really quickly loop back real quick before we uh, wrap up. So you started in drama, you have choreography. I noticed that it also says you uh, you work with operas as well. Well, I grew up as a, as a dancer and I went to school as an actor. That all evolved in me doing directing and choreographing musicals and operas. I do that quite a bit. I just got back from my fourth trip to South Africa, where I directed and choreographed West Side Story in a collaboration between two opera schools, one in Dallas and one in Durban, South Africa. I was there for five weeks. And now I direct and choreograph all the operas for Opera Camerata of Washington, D.C. That's going very well. I guess I've been with them, gosh, maybe 10 or 12 years. We do three or four a year, and they're all performed at Ambassador's Residencies. It's a one-night show, and what's interesting about it is that they're done kind of like opera was originally done. Originally, you would have a king or a rich baron or a prince who would be a patron of someone like, like a Mozart to, in fact, write an opera. And then once it was done, it was debuted in the parlor or a ballroom, or some room in the uh, patron's house or mansion or castle. And so Opera Camerata, we move into these ambassadors' residencies. They host us for the night, and they're very, very intimate, just like the old days. Uh, usually it's about 125 people there. So the opera's right on top of you, and I work with really terrific singers. A lot of them are Washington Opera, and some of them are from around the world. I've worked with people from from Russia, from Spain, from Brazil, all over. So you said you went to South Africa. What other places is opera taking you around the world? Well, I wouldn't just limit it to opera, like musical theater and opera. I've been to Holland, three different cities in Holland, two cities in Ukraine, Austria, Slovenia, Slovakia, Italy. I worked in Italy for 10 summers doing the Amalfi Coast Music Festival. I directed operas there. Wait, you directed operas in Italy? For 10 years. Wow, that's got to be a fun thing to say to people. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was, it was great. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Italy is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I think. Well, you definitely have fit the, <laughs> the title of interesting people. I don't want to take too much, too much more of your time. Thank you so much. If people want to find out more about your makeup work, uh, the Roger Riggle Makeup LLC, where should people look? Go to rogerriggle.com. There we go. And they can also check out your work, Field of Screams. You'll be terrifying people this fall. <laughs> yeah, come, come over. It runs for six weeks. It opens September 22nd and closes November 4th. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Roger. Thanks for calling me. It was nice to meet you the other week. Thanks so much for your time.